This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. All right. Best of luck, friends. If you are running the Chicago Marathon this weekend, if you see me out and about, please stop and say hello. I would love to meet listeners on the show. I'm excited because today our episode is with Frank Lara, who is competing in the race on Sunday. Frank runs with Roots Running. He's sponsored by Ultra and he works for Strava. He is from Mexico City, grew up in Houston, and now living in Boulder, training with the Roots. He went to Furman University and he debuted the marathon in Houston and ran a 2.11.32. He ran Chicago last year and then this year in the spring ran London. So he is looking for a strong race in Chicago. He is ready to go and he's gonna tell you all about that in this episode. Frank's PR is 2.11.32 and I think he's going to crush it. I think he's going to crush that on Sunday. In this episode, we talk about his training, what's changed, what looks different, his goals as a professional runner, and we learn about when he fell in love with the sport. Uh, all right, friends, this episode of the podcast and all the podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Network right now is supported by 2B4. And if you are looking for a little energy for your workout, you want to increase your endurance, support your immunity promote adaptation so that your body can manage the stress and restore balance. Also manage inflammation. You got to check out two before I've been taking this before all my longer runs or workouts or hard lifting workouts. Uh, two before is created with black currant berries and that helps bring oxygenated blood to your muscles. I feel strong and ready to go in my workouts and I think you should try it. Try it out. 30% off. Go to 2before.com. Use the code Lindsay, and that will get you 30% off 20 packs. That's the number two, 2before.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, to save 30% off your order. Check it out. Let me know what you think. All right, friends. Please enjoy my conversation with Frank. All right, friends. Today on the podcast, we have Frank Lara on the show. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hello, and thank you for having me. Welcome to the show as well to you. Well, I remember meeting you at the Chicago Expo last year, and I was like, oh, he's like so fun. I need to have him <laughs> on my podcast. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. Um, but here we are, and guess what? You're going back to Chicago. Yep, going back. Round two. Round I'm two. It'll be much better. How do you feel about that, going back? I feel a lot more confident. I think I feel like last year I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just kind of here. And now I'm like, I'm going here. I have goals and I'm going to take care of business kind of thing. Why did you feel like that last year though? Um, well, I knew I was like in good shape for it, but I think it was prior to that. My only marathon was Houston. And I think this was just kind of like a different mm. uh, beast in terms of like the uh strength of the field mm -hmm. to just how like big the race is overall but I uh I think I think last year I felt like I was more along for the ride and we'll see what happens because I was just I didn't know I didn't know what I could do but I feel I like I didn't know what to expect now more or less and I mm. 
have more confidence in what I can do. And I feel like I've learned a lot in my past few marathons and I'm excited to, I learned a lot as well as like Richie, my coach in terms of like what we need to do differently training wise. So I, I have a lot more confidence this time around and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I mean, cause it was your first marathon major last year in 2022 mm-hmm. when you ran Chicago. Uh, what is that like? You said your coach learned a lot too, in terms of what you need to do, like learning together with your coach. What is it like to like put your trust in him in that way? I think, I think after Chicago, we focused on getting ready for London and for London, it was me and uh, Luke Caldwell, my teammate who actually grew up there. So I had him, we were kind of keying off each other this whole, this whole training block. And then we ran London together and we both kind of had like a rough last 10k or so and but we came within less than a second of each other and like on our way home I was like on the train with Richie and we were just talking about like we didn't do anything wrong <laughs> like mm. I, we covered like all the bases like um and like Luke is a like it's not like I had a difference like like Luke had a good race and I had a I had a bad one it was like we both had pretty like much the same effort and we did everything together so like I think it's, it, it kind of like pointed like we need to change something about training. That was kind of like, well, how, how do we, how do we uh, progress from here? What do we change? And what ultimately, did you change? <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, we've added in a lot more like longer sessions that are not quite marathon pace, but also like not just like easy running for time kind of kind of runs. Um, and I think that's helped me a lot, just gain more uh, or gain my, my, given my body more like strength to be able to kind of like go that duration. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think about that a lot with marathon training. Like when you're doing marathon miles, like that's a really intense workout for the long run. But then like the difference between that and like just an easy run and what are the benefits of those like middle miles where it's like a I'm I'm working long run, but it's not it's not easy, but it's not like. Yeah, I'm it's like, are digging, you wasting digging. your time doing it or are you just kind of, because it, it doesn't necessarily like hurt, but um, you can only do marathon pace for so long, especially at altitude. But yeah, I feel like that's been a big difference in what we've done for this buildup um, and everything else has kind of fallen into place. I uh, haven't really missed any training. I did have like a stomach bug mm, at one point. So I couldn't run. I couldn't eat <laughs> for like three days, <laughs> but... Ugh. I'm now like that was that was fine. I'm, I'm okay now. Um, I did have to pull out of a race for that, and this will be the first marathon that I haven't really like done any racing in the lead up to mm-hmm. that much. I, my last race was the big seven mile, which was mm-hmm. like the end of August, maybe. I forgot when it was, but that to me it feels like I've just been I've been training nonstop, and I feel like that's. Not something I've done before, and I'm excited to see what happens. I watched your interview with Sidious after London, and you kind of look like you might tear up there for a minute. And then you also said you didn't think you'd run a marathon until the trials. So what made you change your mind? Um, I mean, that's a fresh interview, though. Like, who's, yeah. are you going to run a fall marathon? Let me ask you 20 minutes after you finished a marathon, you weren't happy. After I just, like, just caught my breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I realized or it was brought to my attention that if I want to make an Olympic team, like somebody has to go and get the Olympic standard Mm. and nobody's really done it. Nobody's done it on the men's side. So like right now we can't send anyone. 
Oh. And um, I was really hoping with Berlin last week we'd get a bit of a like, oh, okay, we have we have a at least a spot or so, but that didn't happen. So now it's after that day, I was like, okay, it's up to us now, <laughs> like the Chicago Americans. So I yeah. think that's that's um, when I realized that we like somebody's got to do it. I was like, okay, well, I, I, if I want to make a team, I need to make this happen for myself. So I uh, kind of put all our eggs, we were, put all our eggs into Chicago, and so we got to do. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. How does that make you feel? Your PR is 211 from Houston in 2022. So, like, that it's 208, right? Like, is that, mm-hmm. what does that feel like, like that jump? It feels daunting, but I, I, you, you can only like at this point it's all talk right mm. but I think mm-hmm. I've always considered myself like 211 my PR obviously but that race I was kind of like leading the whole thing and not really like pushing at any point it just felt like okay I'm, I guess I'm leading and nobody wanted to help me out so I was like I'm just gonna enjoy the tour of my hometown <laughs> and of, like, first marathon I, yeah so I, I, did, I had no expectations of that one and that and prior to that, I had paced the marathon project. Mm. And I made it to 20 miles on 209 pace. And that was like my first taste of the marathon. And I was like, okay, I think I could, with some training, maybe get to this kind of level. Um, so in the, in the back of my mind, I, I know like I've only run 211, but I've, in training in other races, other distances, I feel like I've proven to myself that I can, I know I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Chicago last year, Connor Mance and I and a few uh, of the other athletes went through like the half. It's like sixty three forty five pace, or like for, for the half, which is two seven thirty, and that felt okay. But then I kind of like I think around eighteen twenty miles kind of fell apart. But I that whole race was just kind of like a a very like twenty mile fartlek was what it felt like for me because we were kind of be like. We'd be like slow one mile, really fast one mile, and it would just kind of be all over the place. Oh. So I, what I learned from that experience is I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like I don't mind running fast, but it's really important how you do it, obviously. Those constant surges, like yeah. you're, would you just get your heart rate out of control? Yeah, I, I it was like in, in the in the first half marathon, you're like, oh, I can handle this. But like, yeah, it really adds up. Um, but I... Uh, for this marathon, I heard down the grapevine that Connor has also requested a sixty-three forty-five through half. <laughs> so I, in my mind, I've been preparing for that, and like I know exactly what each mile's like total time should be, and I'm just gonna focus on that. And if at any point like the group is going fast, I'm just gonna let him go. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'll catch up if I just keep running this pace kind of thing. You have so. it memorized, like which, like mile two should be this, mile three, You or are you going to like write that on your arm? I know it all. Really? Like all the way to 26? All the way to 26. All do you the have like K's. a, like how do you remember that? That's, I mean, that's a lot of miles to remember the exact <laughs> number you should be at. Because you mean like five, 10, 15, like that, right? Like mm-hmm. all the way through. Okay. Like building it up. Okay. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it started off as like, I just like wrote it down and looked at it. It was like, I feel like it's on the one hand, like you can look at like your like each mile individually and mm-hmm. that gives you like kind of a rough area of where you are. But I was like, 
I feel like if I know the elapsed time and how far over or under I am, I can kind of like gauge my effort better. And it like for for last year Chicago, I really only looked at like the five Ks. That was mm. kind of like what I felt mm-hmm. like I knew roughly what what it was about. But like by five K, and you you've been running fast or slow for however long, it's really hard to correct. And I was just sure. I really wanted I really wanted the confidence of like being able to be like okay, we're a second under right now, so just keep going this pace. And if we start, like, getting a little too fast, it's really easy for me to, like, correct in my mind and be like, okay, I I have some space to adjust here. What happens when you get to, like, mile 22 and you're in marathon brain and you're just, like, you know, <laughs> all all in, like, you know, it's it's freaking hard. At that like, point, I think <laughs> I think the splits will probably go out the window, and I'll mm. just be like trying to run hard and finish. However up. hard um, I can go. Yeah, but it's been, I think something that's been nice about like this exercise that I've when I whenever I, the the few times I run alone throughout the week, I'll be like thinking about it, like okay, what was the what was the third mile? What was the fourth mile? And like now that I feel like I kind of. I have it down pretty well. I like, I'm starting to, like, I know what the actual, like, course looks like on the map, and I've run the race, and I know, like, exactly what it's, like, was like at each of those points in the race, and, like, I can visualize, like, okay, this is mile one, and I go, I turn, I go south, and I go back up, and it's mile two, and it's, I have that all, and I feel like that's been, like, you don't want to, like, overrun the race in your mind leading up Mm -hmm. to it, obviously, but I think it's been, like, a nice to have just like a visualization and kind of like when I'm actually there I'll be like I know what I know where I am I know what this is I'm not lost in any way I know exactly where I am I know what I need to do yeah and it's the first marathon that you're repeating like you really Mm -hmm. have done this course before it's the first marathon that you're going back to the course and you know the parts where it got hard and all those things um have you talked with Connor or any of the American other American guys who are you're possibly going to be running with I talked to Clayton Young a good bit, and that was after after Bix. And at the time, he told me what what Connor had requested his pacer run, which is <laughs> I mean we're all we're all at his kind of his mercy, <laughs> yeah. In the, in this situation, um, and Clayton at the time told me that he was like I don't know if I'll go with that, but I I'm very certain that he will be part of that group after seeing how he's been racing. Yeah. Um, and they just added. Sanchalanga and Leonard Career to the to the field mm. and Galen Robson obviously and I think I mean we all need we want as many of us to get the Olympic standard as possible. Yeah. Um so like I think that's kind of like the group that we'll have and it'll be very exciting for that cuz I think it's kind of like a it's not often that you're like in a race where like it's actually like benefits everyone for as many of us to do well. Uh-huh. And that I, th- I think that'll be exciting. And I think it'll be like if, if I'm in a situation where I like, oh, I'm not feeling well, maybe I should back off and like have my best race. Like it's also like maybe in my interest to like help the other guys out to get to their to get <laughs> for them to get to that point, because that benefits me as well when the trials comes. That's kind of exciting to think about yeah. you all out there doing that together. I- I'm really excited about it. I think it's it's going to be really cool. I think if we got to hope we got to hope for the best weather, but if not, I mean, <laughs> this, this right. is kind of our last chance. I mean, there. I think there's the McCurdy race a couple a week later, but I don't know. I'm not sure if people are going to try to go for that kind of time at that one. But 
this feels like kind of it for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just thinking about what how many days out we are and if if people are starting to stock the weather yet cuz it's the 26th right now. Are we at 10 days yet? No. We're getting <laughs> Not there. Not no. quite. Almost, yeah. Um I know, the only fear yeah, is like I've been that looking it's at it, hot. but Yeah. What's it saying? What's it saying? <laughs> Let's see. Right now, we got um he knows Obviously, off the I have back Chicago of down as one of my <laughs> uh-huh. towns. Recently searched, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, the closest we got is Thursday, October 5th, high of 60, or low of 60, high of 75. Uh, Mostly cloudy, though. Okay, okay. A lot, a lot can change in a few days. A lot can change, a lot can change. Yeah. But also, it doesn't matter. We still have to run the time. Yeah, you're running no matter what. Would you, would you rather it be rainy or like hot? Um, the rain could slow you down too. Yeah, it could. I, I really, I found that out at London. I was like, oh, it'll be nice and cool, but like by the end of it, I was like, kind of feet cold are soggy. And, yeah, yeah. Richie told me like, yeah, you were probably like, <laughs> your body was really trying to heat you up that enti- like entire uh, back end. Uh-huh, so like you uh-huh. end up wasting a lot of energy just by like doing that. Mm-hmm. You can you can only wear so many layers where when you're wet, it doesn't really do as much. Um. But I, I, I've kind of been running in like the heat of the day, on purpose. Here, yeah, <laughs> not necessarily on purpose. <laughs> I just kind of like put it off, and then we were like, oh well, I guess this is benefiting me in one in, <laughs> in some way. Um, but I, I, ideally, I like getting out the door in the morning. But it's been like, well, I guess I kind of have a reason to get out in the heat, especially with Orlando coming up. But I mean, at this point, that I don't know if heat training will really. <laughs> affect orlando going into the winter um sure you have to move somewhere else (laughs) you have to literally move to a warmer climate for the winter yeah for sure we're considering that too just are you the month before yeah hey friends all right thank you sidekick tool for supporting the podcast and let me tell you friends if you aren't already using it you gotta try it sidekick develops recovery tools for runners so you can heal from your injury quicker and get back to doing what you love. If you're suffering from plantar fasciitis, shin splints, IT band tightness, or even knee pain, muscle scraping therapy works by breaking up blocked vessels to heal stressed tissue in your body. All right, Molly Seidel uses it, Sarah Hall uses it, you've seen Emily Enfeld using it. This is a safe, effective injury prevention and injury relief tool more precise than a foam roller or a massage gun. I use this on the bottom of my feet because I am prone to plantar fasciitis and that is something I am not messing with because it is so naggy. What a naggy injury. Uh, So I highly recommend Sidekick Tool and you can check it out for 15% off your order. Just go to sidekicktool.com slash I-H-A. That stands for I'll have another sidekicktool.com slash I-H-A. All right, back to the show. Um, okay, tell us about the team a little bit more and joining Roots and what your time with them has looked like, why you chose that group to run with. Um, so I've known Richie the coach since I was going into my sophomore year of high school. I used to come out to Boulder every summer for the Boulder running camps and Richie was like an injury prevention guest speaker person who like spoke and like showed us some exercises. So like I already, that was kind of like how I, how I met him and we kind of like 
would talk every year at the camp and then like at in college I became I was a counselor at the camp so like I I really knew that I wanted to Boulder was kind of always a dream home for me mm. to like at least train in and uh it was really natural for me like oh Richie's a coach there I'll, I'll ask if he wants what if I can join his team and I uh I didn't really know much about like his training philosophy or like what Roots did as a team but I like I had one conversation with him on the phone and my my like fifth year at Furman and I, I was a I was a health sciences major at Furman with a lot of emphasis on like human performance stuff and like I did like a lot of uh studies with cyclists and runners um and I I, I really liked the like science side of training and like after like talking to Richie Evans I was like okay this guy <laughs> This guy, this guy is what I, what I what I wanted in a coach, or what I what I've like been looking forward in, for in someone. And he, uh, it was a really easy no brainer for me to join the team. And at the time, I guess, I think I think the biggest name on the team was Noah Drotti, who um, hadn't run two nine just yet, but he was kind of known as the the guy with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I could I could tell that like he's taken a lot of athletes and has progressed them all. A good bit, um, and I didn't. I, I that's all I needed. <laughs> I, I knew that I wasn't gonna like know how like a new training system or coach or whatever will like actually affect me until like a year or so has passed. So I just kind of went in open minded. We'll do whatever he says. Um, and it was interesting. My like first race with Roost was like a local ten uh, k in Fort Collins. And I was having dinner with a bunch of, with, with like some of the other athletes in the race. And I, over the course of this meal, I find out that mo- like a good number of them were all used to be on the team. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, what happened? And, like, yeah, it, why'd you leave? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were, they were saying like how like hard training was and how like they're working out like so many times a week. And I, uh, they asked me how that's going for me. And I'm like, oh, I, pretty good. I mean, we're not doing that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But I, I guess um, the roots training used to be like uh, V Hill, very V Hill inspired, mm-hmm. and what he what what that would consist of is like a bunch of different like a bunch of little workouts like throughout the week that are all kind of like very different stimuli, okay. and that kind of thing I think would get people in shape really quickly, but it wasn't like a sustainable mm. um, method and. After hearing that and like realizing that I'm not doing that, I realized like, oh, like this is like kind of like open to change, like based on like what the athletes are doing and how they're doing it. And that was kind of like where I like felt like it was really easy for me to buy in because I'm like, I this, my coach is still like figuring it out and we're like kind of all doing it together. And like it was reaffirmed after London, after having that conversation with him, like we got to, we got to do something a little bit differently. But yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I, uh, after uh, signing with my agent Howie, he he was telling me that um, I have the option if I want like a sponsorship, I can very easily just go to another group. Mm. Um, and I was like, I don't want to. This is like I, I I have a job that's kind of covering most things. So, like I don't, not, I'm not looking for that. Um, but uh, but you're with Ultra now, aren't you? I'm with Ultra now, and. And since I've joined the team, we've had like a team, our team has grown a lot. Um, and I think part of it has come from just like what I've been able to show that like what I can do 
and like how I've uh, kind of come into the sport as a post collegiate has like I think drawn some attraction from mm. other people who like maybe wouldn't have considered the team otherwise, and that's kind of like. It was interesting because I didn't like go out and like try to find a training group. I just kind of stuck where I was, and like suddenly, like it was coming to me, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! We have all the, we, have, we have all these guys to train with now." And it's been it's been really cool because it was something that I, I didn't realize until like Howie was like pointed it out. And I was like, "Oh, I guess you're right. This this is pretty cool." I, I didn't I didn't build Rome, but it just kind of like <laughs> came up around me. Um, came to so it's you. been I love it's been that. really good. Yeah, we've had a lot of really good people join the team. Um, a lot of really good people to train with and it's been it's been really cool to have um okay ultra so how long have you been with them um coming up on just over two years now okay and what a boring question but like what's the deal with their super shoe <laughs> what is the deal i don't know um, i mean like i'm i feel like i'm like years late to even caring about talking about super shoes but now that i've been like <laughs> deep in some of these conversations with Kara on the Relay podcast and whatnot, I'm just like, now I want to know more about every brand's shoe. <laughs> um, I've been racing in the next version, which will come out in the spring, I believe. Okay. And I love it so much. Aww, I, I, I don't know how much great. I can say about it. It's Okay, <laughs> okay. But you love specifically. it. That's I good do. to know. I mean, it, it's, it's obviously a zero drop shoe like all their others and it's um the previous version had like uh the the like plate the carbon plate didn't go all the way through the shoe it was kind of Mm. um just just on the front side and this is like a full plate and uh i liked racing in the previous one but this one has been like a big step up game changer uh, will this be did you run london in it Mm mm-hmm Okay, so this will be your second marathon in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. I I'm very fortunate that I fit into the women's sample size. Nice. Because <laughs> that's otherwise I wouldn't be able to race in this shoe or really use it. Nice. Um, it's it's not that they did it for me. I just I'm I'm lucky and I am fortunate that I can like test a lot of their shoes like pretty early on just because I happen to fit into the shoe. Um. And they've they've been they've been really cool to work with because I mean their their headquarters is in Denver. Okay. Um. So it's really easy for me to go down there, try some stuff out. Um. And like I, I didn't expect to be like working with like, not just like my one point person at Ultra, but also like people that are like actually making the shoes as much. Yeah. So it's, it's been really cool. I've, I've yeah. That's awesome. So we hopped right into Chicago and what you're doing now and your marathons that you've run. But we this is your first time on the podcast and we've kind of skipped over your early days running. So if people are new to Frank who are listening to the podcast, born in Mexico City, moved to Houston, went to Furman. When did um, when did your love for running begin? It's an excellent question, Lindsay. <laughs> I was in fifth grade at John Paul II Catholic School. It's now called uh, St. John Paul II Catholic School. Um, and I noticed that the track and field was only available for sixth through eighth grade. Okay. But they made an announcement that we're gonna open it up to fifth graders because the team wasn't as big. And I looked over and I noticed that that uh, Kimmy was walking over to sign up. And I really liked her. So I was <laughs> like, I guess I'll, I'll try this track thing out hey Kimmy um, 
and I I wasn't very good at first, but by eighth grade I I'd broken five minutes in the mile. Oh wow! And it was it was it was fun. Um, I I my success came a lot came mostly from um trying to hang on to this other guy from another school who would eventually end up being my high school teammate. Okay. And basically every mile we did, I would just hang on to him for one more lap. And uh, then we were teammates at Drake Jesuit College Prep. And that was an all-guy school. And I think <laughs> and I think that and like being just like, it, I, I don't know what other high school teams are like, but to me it felt like, oh my God, this is like a running culture. This is awesome. Like we're all here for this. Um, I, I really enjoyed being like part of the team and like having like the seniors like take us under their wing and like mm -hmm. running was just it was just fun for me. I really, I really, I really enjoyed it, and I uh, fell in love with running. Uh, my relationship with Kimmy never happened, <laughs> but I, I it was. I'd say it was all worth it. Ended up, um, I think my biggest, well, really only accolade from high school was the cross country state championship, and it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I only, I only mention it because I have, a, I have one of my teammates that I train with now he's also from my class from Texas he has he's the like 3200 1600 state champion from that year mm, and, same year um, yeah what place did you get in those races I don't think I made it okay I think I my senior year I was like had like an injury or something I made okay. it my junior year but Texas is really hard to make because they only take nine athletes in every event <laughs> it's a big state <laughs> Yeah, but they, and they only take nine, <laughs> regardless of the <laughs> event. Um, but uh, Austin Dalquist, he he and I went on like official visits together, and like now we're like now we're training, and we're That's this is, like ten years later. Um, He's training he, in Boulder with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! Is he with Roots? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! Awesome. Yeah, and he's been having a stellar season. Um, That's so cool. Fifteen hundred, but he uh, there's a I'm not going to mention which one, but there's a media outlet. <laughs> that our our freshman year of college like put out like uh in, like college team rankings and like incoming classes and stuff and they mentioned that austin won all the state titles including cross country and oh. it, i've never been more bitter about something <laughs> oh i mean yeah and i, I, I sure. i'll bring it up any chance i get <laughs> oh yeah keep doing it oh my gosh um, yeah they took, that's, that's my one thing I, they took it from me um. You're like, I need a correction and I need it to be on the front page with my picture. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> occasionally put a tweet out and think about and like be like, I remember the big lie they spread back in <laughs> 2014. <laughs> I'm sure you all remember it. <laughs> Only the hardest, best race I've ever completed. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. That's hysterical. OK, but yeah, it's I like have... an on, it's like a running joke on our team that Austin is like won all the titles in Texas. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, that's good. Um, I was gonna say you, maybe you can give a speech at his wedding one day where he where you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to his wedding. It didn't come up. Oh dang! It already but, happened. Okay, it, it I said that having no idea anything about this person and if they were married or not. It was it was interesting at that wedding because uh, Austin's friends who aren't runners like hear about like Austin's like how amazing of a runner he was in Texas and like me and Parker are like me and Parker Stenson uh. who are both on the roots were like sitting in the back like <clears throat> he didn't Parker <laughs> Parker won a lot more than either of us did <laughs> and we're over here <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny um 
But yeah. But he didn't win that cross country title. No, no. He'll, and he'll never take that away from me. Okay, so you <laughs> went to Catholic school and then Jesuit. What branch of Christianity is that? Uh, the Jesuits are a Catholic order. Oh, they're Catholic. Okay. Like the are Franciscans you still? And- okay. Franciscans. Ooh, I read Richard Rohr books and he's a Franciscan priest. Are you still Catholic? Yes. <laughs> um, so the Jesuits are an order that really um, leaned heavily into education. Okay. So like there's Jesuit schools all over the country and like they're all really, really good schools. Okay. Um, and when we first moved, my, like my mom went to a Jesuit university where she met my dad in Mexico. And when we first moved to the States, like the first thing they did was like trying to try to like look for a school for my sister and the only Jesuit school in Houston is straight Jesuit which is also where Matthew Bowling went who is now an uh, world medalist which is awesome wow um, but uh, he uh they found the school we were like oh this is all guys i guess we'll have to wait till Frank is old enough and uh they sent my sister Nadia to the all girls school across the parking lot they're like kind of like brother sister schools, um, but it was like always like we got to find a Jesuit school because like those are the best ones, and I'm I'm really glad they did because I don't think I, I talk about how much I loved my high school and like to people and they're like no one likes their high school that much. <laughs> All right, friends, we got cut off because Frank's uh, power went out, so we're gonna be back now, and I'm gonna just pick up where we left off. I'm gonna try to. You were about to just like tell an entire story about how amazing your high school was i believe yeah i uh (laughs) yeah so my power finally came back after a few days it was it was an hour i'm fine okay Um, (laughs) do you have water uh, are you good yeah we're all we're all good all the necessities um i went to strake jesuit college prep in houston texas and isn't it was an all-guy school and I loved every second of it. I think our school really uh, put us into a position to like kind of grow closely as a brotherhood and become men for others, as they put it. Um, I love that. And like my, I, I, I have a group message with my best friends and they're all from high school and it's like 10 of us and it's like... (laughs) pretty active still that's <laughs> amazing like, how are you still getting messages from that like they're the people i talk to <laughs> um, i love that yeah. i get jealous yeah. of people who have like really close friendships with their high school friends still i think i keep in touch with like two people that's it yeah i'm, I'm really grateful for that i'm actually this is like wedding season for a couple of them and like after chicago i have like <laughs> a lot of traveling to do Fine. um but yeah it's yeah i i i I'm very grateful to have had the experience I had there, like not only with school academically, um, with my friends, but like also like running on our, our, our high school team is kind of where I realized how much, how invested you could get into the sport. Um, Coach Curley was a, uh, <laughs> is still, um, he, he kind of coached like semi-marine-esque um, ah. He is a Marine, but like <laughs> um, we'd be like running around the field and you would hear him like barking orders at us. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, yeah, that's Coach Carly. That's what he does. Um, there's a there's a video of the 2000 
nine state texas state 3200 parker stenson won the race my current teammate but the guy that was third was our is strike jesbit's current school record holder in a 3200 james webb um and in the like in the video it's like a flow track video you hear the announcers like they mention coach curly a lot and like there you can hear the (laughs) strike jesbit coach (laughs) you're not as an athlete (laughs) and yeah it's interesting because i uh like preseason he'd always show us that race and like how cool it was because parker kind of came from very far back Uh and won it um and then like now i'm training with parker and he like (laughs) every now and then he'll bring up that race i'm like i'm very familiar with that race parker (laughs) may have watched it more than you have (laughs) watch it every year at the beginning of the season (laughs) basically were you intimidated by him the coach not really i mean i feel like early on it was pretty intimidating I, th- I think my like first practice like the whole idea of running was pretty intimidating i think so like the coach is just kind of like another layer to it um but like i remember being just kind of uh the first day of like summer practice we were like all right we're gonna go run for half an hour i was like well, that's too long to run <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i could do that and i remember being like doing it and being like i'm gonna be sore tomorrow i've never done anything like this but it, <laughs> it was doable and like we just did loops around campus, and uh, it was it was the first time I felt like I was like part of something that was like more Aww. than me. That's just like I don't know, because in, in the past running, I only really did like track in middle school, and being surrounded by a bunch of guys that were it was a pretty good team. So I like felt like I had to like contribute to it, and it just it was good. I I think that's kind of like where I learned that uh, having like people with you working just as hard as you are, is kind of like one of the most motivating things you can have for in, in anything really. Yeah. I love how you said that too. Like that's, that's like when, whenever I see my kids doing sports, like that's what I want them to feel more than anything. And that's like the beauty of, of sports. I guess you get that other, you can get that in other things. Like not everybody's going to be into athletics Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about like that group moving your body, working really hard together. That's really special. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I couldn't say more <laughs> great things about my experience there. Um, but it was a very nice preparation into college and mm. life moving forward. All right, friends, this episode is supported by my friends at Prevenex and they have the best supplements If you are looking for a multivitamin, a joint supplement, protein powder, this is the place to go. They even have great vitamins for kids. My kids take the Supervites. Their products are all clinically tested and proven. And what I really want to focus on right now is the joint supplement. It delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. So many runners are using this. I use it every day. And the main ingredients are proven to be up to five times more beneficial than ingredients you're gonna see in other products. They have an anti-inflammatory and pain reliever in them that provides additional support for the joints. I'm impressed, this genuinely worked. My close friend told me about this product and I thought he was full of crap, but my joints feel better after three days on this supplement. Crazy results. The great thing about Prevenex is they have a money back guarantee. If you are not satisfied, 
after 30 days, you can get your money back. Go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 15% off your order. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that will get you 15% off your order. Yeah, tell us about college running at Furman. I went to Furman because at the time there wasn't really any, nobody really knew what Furman was. People still don't really know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think, I, I think the, the running team's really good. But outside of that, it's it's a small liberal arts school. It's, I think, like 3,000 undergrad, and there's not really any, there's a few graduate programs, but not really many. Um but I went to Furman because the coach, Coach Gary and Rita Gary and Coach Neal were like the ones that were kind of like, they just, they had just started at Furman. I think I was, my class was the second class they've ever recruited. And I knew they like really wanted to build something from the ground up. And I think I was very excited to be a part of that. Um, and he was also, he's also coaching Furman Elite. And so you have like, I went on my official visit there and like you see like professional athletes like well they're doing they're using like the facilities that the the college kids have I was like I if I don't succeed here it won't be for (laughs) it won't be for lack of effort (laughs) because like or lack of lack of uh just the general everything was provided like I knew I could succeed here because I felt like I had a good coach I had I was building it from the ground up with people that were on paper much better than I was. Um, so I was very excited to kind of like be on a team where I'm kind of starting at the back again and like build it up together. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. When were you at Furman? When were you like, I, I'm going to give this pro thing a shot? I mean, I, I knew I was going to do five years just based off of, I, I read to it pretty early on. And my fifth year, it was kind of like... <laughs> It was very much a victory lap in terms of like the course load I was taking uh, uh-huh. because I I kind of, <laughs> I overdid my first, I think my third year in terms of like how many courses I took and ended up being like, well, I could graduate this year <laughs> pretty easily. <laughs> um, so I was like, instead of doing that, I knew I wanted to stay at Furman. I knew I had the option to like go and pursue a master's or something at another school with another coach, but I like felt like I knew that. I, I wanted to finish off my like athletic career at Berman. Um, so through some <laughs> clever pass failing of classes, I was able to <laughs> prolong my stay at Berman. Um, and I think it was my fifth year. I didn't have cross country eligibility, just outdoor and indoor track. So I spent the first half of the year um, mainly training and like uh, getting ready for club cross with uh, Furman elite um, but at the time it was mainly me, um, Craig Nowak and Troy Reader, who was a Furman grad as well. That was kind of my first, oh, and Jermaine Coleman as well. And that was kind of my first taste of like, so this is what being a pro is like, cause I also was barely taking any classes. So like, <laughs> I, I'm busier now than I was then, which is 12 credits. And like, it was like intramural basketball. Yeah, and... <laughs> well, it was 12 credits my first semester and it was like, I took a guitar class. <laughs> I uh, one of the courses was research. Was it just kind of on my own time? And I would work with my professor. My professors were awesome, by the way. Um, Study hall. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the other one of us, but it was like 
it was that. And then the next semester, I uh, only had to take one credit as long as it's towards graduation. <laughs> and the credit I chose was reading Greek literature. Ah. Like, mainly the Odyssey. Um, and I chose that one because I was in the, the, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey had just been released. Okay. Which is a video game, and I thought I'd, <laughs> since I don't, I'm already not doing anything all day, I might as well, like, <laughs> maybe this will help me in my class playing this video game. And it, it didn't, but it was, it was still pretty cool. It was kind of cool to, like, um, be in class and, like, learn about things and then being in the game be like, oh, I know where this is, roughly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that whole year was kind of just like very chill, allowed me to really only focus on running kind of, and I, I, I loved it. Um, I loved being that kind of all in. So I kind of knew that following that year, I really wanted to continue doing it. And I didn't know in what capacity it would be or where it would be, um, until kind of the end of the year. But I, uh, I didn't really become a professional until 20. 21 20 wow i think maybe i have to look back at it but like i graduated in 2019 and um i moved out to boulder to see what i could do and uh, it was kind of an investment in myself i wasn't <laughs> i knew i wasn't gonna be like making that much of a uh running salary by any yeah. means um and i leaned a lot into my partner and my family um and uh I also received a grant from the RRCA. It was the Rose Scholarship Grant. Okay. Um, and that went a long way. It was, they, they hold a camp every year. I'm going to put a plug for it. Yeah, do <laughs> for, it. For like as, aspiring uh, post-collegiates and uh, basically guiding them through the ins and outs of like, what's the road race scene? Like, why is it different from what you've done in the past? What, what does it mean to have an agent? Do you need one? um financial planning stuff um and the, they have like a guest speaker come and when i went it was alephine tulamuk and this was just before she won the olympic trials oh um, wow and so like i was blown away there um and then this past this past summer they asked me to be the guest speaker and oh, i was cool. like are you sure <laughs> <laughs> like i gotta um, follow I, up alephine yeah but it it was really cool to kind of like see it all kind of come full circle um i i didn't i made the joke that uh i'm here because alephine was busy this week so you're <laughs> stuck good. with me um what was i gonna say oh the the scholarship thing so how do people like how did you even know to apply to it though do you are, are most i went people to the camp and it? they were like y'all should apply to this okay so you just have yeah. so if you don't go to the camp do you have to go to the camp to apply um, for that scholarship at the time, no, but I think they might be changing it just cause I think they want more people to try to start coming to this camp. And it's just one, one person a year gets the scholarship. Uh, it was four. I oh, think. okay. Yeah. Wow. They must've really liked you. You were the one <laughs> asked to speak of the four. Yeah. I was, well, I think it, I went to the running event in okay. Austin Yeah. and I think like the last night of it, I was having dinner at the hotel and I noticed there was like RRCA people like at a table. And after I was done eating, I went up to them and was like, 
I, <laughs> I'm not sure if y'all remember me, but Aww. y'all gave me the scholarship and it, without it, I don't know what, I don't know what I would have done. I, I kind of like told them how grateful I was and how like I credit a lot of my success to kind of their support. And they were like, Frank, we want to have you as a speaker. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh. Nice. <laughs> so I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know if they would have really considered me for it if I hadn't like walked up and just like thank them and be like this was this was awesome for me um so that that's something i've learned is kind of always be always approach people for like anything like you if you have a question if you have something that you admire them for if you have something that you are grateful for the opportunity they provided i make a i i really make it a point at like any of these races to thank volunteers afterwards or beforehand or like thanking the elite race coordinator for bringing me out here and telling them what a great event it was. I also really tried to like talk to people who like are in the area to see like what there is to do there and what yeah. what they love about their place. Cause it's some of these races are in very like not necessarily remote, but kind of just kind of there it's, it's, it's its own community. And it, I think mm-hmm. it's, cool to get to know races as like the people that are there not just kind of like what the race course or race is like yeah I had never heard of that scholarship I bet a lot of people listening hadn't either that's a big deal because like a lot of people are leaving college thinking like okay am I gonna go for this am I not I don't have an agent yet I don't have a sponsor yet but I think I have the potential like it's very overwhelming Mm -hmm. I'm assuming when did you get the job at Strava I uh that's a trick question, Lindsay. <laughs> I started at Strava at the end of October of twenty no, of twenty nineteen. Oh, you've been there for a long time. Yeah. But I, I so basically I they hired me, I had two weeks of training and then I was gonna be like fully remote. It's a technical customer service uh role. And after my two weeks of training, they have a head or had a headquarters in Denver. Um, I went into the office with my manager for the two weeks of training. And then afterwards, it was going to be like, okay, I can work remotely. I can come into the office. Whatever I want is kind of on my own time. And they asked me to come in that following Monday for some important updates. And they lay off me and many others. I, I, I don't know how many, but it was... Uh, wow. <laughs> I hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> and it was very you, like, much literally like a, hadn't started yeah <laughs> either i i really like messed up those two weeks somehow <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think i did um but uh it was a it was a it was my first like real job <laughs> yeah that i like actually apply and interviewed for uh-huh. and i i felt like i was kind of being welcomed into this new world <laughs> And I was like, okay, so I I can't expect anything to last, is what you're telling me. <laughs> um, but my manager was very like, I'm so sorry. I They didn't tell me about this. Like, it was like they shouldn't have had those, like, positions available, basically. Mm. Um, but I stayed in touch with them. And I spent the next, like, four or five months. Uh, shortly afterwards... Uh, was when they told me that I like uh, acquired the scholarship. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I have some breathing room there. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate that they did give me severance for my two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I 
with severance <laughs> for two weeks? Like, what do you get? Like an extra week? No, it was like I think they gave me like a month, a okay. month and a half on top of it. That's not <laughs> bad. Pay, which was yeah, it was like all right. Well, if I can just do this every <laughs> every couple months, I'm set. I only have to work two weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, so after that, having that like perfect job where I would like work on my own on my own time, I could go to training without any hiccups it was part-time I was convinced that I'd be able to find something just as good <laughs> and I, th- I was definitely way too picky in my job search I uh you can't be picky when you're 20 right out of college no, 22 no, but, whatever. I, but Noah Drotty had told me the best thing I can do for my running career is to get a remote job I was like all right I'm gonna do that I guess <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know what I'm true. gonna do but that's yeah. what I'm gonna do um yeah. I didn't find anything and come January 2020 I my manager at Strava reached out to me and asked me how I was doing and I told him oh training's going really well I'm getting ready for the Houston half um this will be my it's going to be my second half marathon the first one that hopefully I would finish without a side stitch um and I was like I'm still looking for work that's like as conducive to training as Strava was and then he asked me if he could call me the next day he called me and offered me the job again Nice. <laughs> um, same uh, job. Basically, same job. Um, one they of got the, the funds for it. <laughs> one of the part timers went full time, and he was like, "Okay." He like got permission to like fill the part time role. Okay. And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so I learned I shouldn't burn bridges. Yeah. I, I knew that, but like, <laughs> but like that really cemented that idea. Like, oh god, okay. <laughs> Keep your options. <laughs> Don't make anyone mad ever. Um, because I, I could have been very... I was upset. I left the office in tears that day. But I didn't, ex- Did I didn't expect to. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but it was... It's been... That was January of 2020. Okay. It's oh. now almost mm-hmm. January. I've been there almost <laughs> four years now. Now, what are you doing Three, now? Three. Are you doing the same thing or you have a different job? Uh, I... Same basic thing, but I'm working full time now. Okay. And I'm also a senior technical support representative. Senior. Despite my age. What's, are you allowed to like air grievances? <laughs> like what's the most annoying thing people can do when they use Strava or need help with Strava? <laughs> can you air grievances? Is that, is that allowed? <laughs> uh, people contact support to air grievances. They also, they also want to know <laughs> why it's working the way it is. Or how why it's not working how they expect it to, or mm. they want a refund, or mm. they're complaining about people cheating. That's my favorite. I really like dealing with cheaters. It's it's kind of fun, like investigating accounts and like seeing like. <laughs> trends you were in their on a behavior. bike. You were for yeah. sure on a bike. You did not run that CR. Basically. Like you have people contacting like mad that their CR got taken away and they think that the person was on a bike or something. Yeah, basically. Well, we give the community the tools to deal with it on their own, which is they can, they can they can flag the activity. Okay. Um, but repeat offenders are more difficult to deal with, and that's when I actually have to intervene. <laughs> I mean, if nothing screams nerdy runner more than caring that someone took your course record on Strava, <laughs> and my husband is like the most like cool it's a cucumber runner like I don't, you know i don't need to do all the things but like if someone takes his cr he's going after it not his yeah. cr not his cr his um 
king when you're like the do you know what I mean? You've you've run the route mm-hmm. the most times. What's that called? Local legend. Local legend. Yeah, he doesn't care about CRs anymore. Mm. He doesn't want anybody taking his local legend status. Yeah. And and this is a guy who follows three people on Strava, <laughs> me being one of them. So I've had people think that I'm not like I'm riding a bike or something. When you're running like a 450 mile or something because yeah, you're doing a workout. Um, and it's always like <laughs> it's hard not to take it personally. <laughs> They don't know me. Like, no, I'm a professional runner, really. Like you're I'm doubting my special. abilities. I'm re- trying really hard. <laughs> I'm trying to make an Olympic team here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed working at Strava. Like, as a company, they're very supportive of what I do. That's fun. You know, yeah, I mean, you is, would, you would, one would hope. Yeah, it's, re- it's really cool. And it's, I don't know, I think they, they value, like, people having lives outside of work yeah, very heavily. Yeah, I remember being like shocked my, my, when I went in for those first two weeks of training, five o'clock would hit and my, regardless of what we were doing, my boss would just, all right, let's go. And he'd close his laptop and I'd be like, I wasn't done. It was like, that's fine. We'll be finished tomorrow. Time to, time to move on with the day. Yeah. If you're not doing that in 2023, you're doing, you're doing something wrong Yeah, at your business. Um, I never, I never had a blue check mark on Instagram or Twitter, but somehow I have a verified Strava account and I don't even nice. know how or why but i'm i'm like you didn't do anything for it i don't think so i think they like i don't know why something i mean it's probably because of my podcast but i somehow i'm verified and um those nine minute miles i'm clicking away really really make me something special with that verified check mark (laughs) i'll tell you I'm, i'm fairly certain verified uh on strava is very rare to other platforms how did I get verified? <laughs> Don't take it away, Frank. I want that. I won't. I'm no. I'm, I'm telling you, you should feel very special about okay, it. Okay, I do feel special. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, speaking of making an Olympic team, what are your feelings on that? Like those kinds of goals in your career? I'd like to. <laughs> um. Ideally, I'd make. I'd. I'd go to Paris. I'd really like to to be on that river for the opening ceremonies. I didn't think about this, but could you represent the United States or Mexico? Yes. I I don't know what hurdles I need to jump through to switch my allegiance to Mexico, but I could, yeah. What are your feelings on that? I am very proud of my Mexican identity. But as an athlete, I feel like I grew up here and I like competed against all the other American athletes mm-hmm. here and I feel I part of me like, I still have to run fast if I want to make a Mexican Olympic team. But also, I don't want to, like, shy away from, like, mm-hmm. the people that I compete against here. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would feel like I'm skirting the system. And, like, I, I, I want to compete against against the guys that I've been competing with all through college and high school. I want to, I want to beat those guys to make the team. Yeah. Because I think I can sense. represent the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then do you feel like... You know, as I've talked to athletes over the years, specifically athletes who are like getting closer to exiting the sport where you're at the beginning of your professional career, like, do you feel any sort of pressure about teams or are you, you know, like when I hear people say like, oh, looking back, I wish I would have never let like trying to make a team define what my career was. And I'm just curious, like you have such a young, fresh look at this now. Have you thought about that? I mean, all I can... The only way I think about it is it's my dream. Mm. Like that's why I'm doing this. I yeah. I want to do it. I I don't think it's uh something that's impacting 
my career in a negative way in any way. Yeah. And I'm not like, I take my defeats very calmly. Do you? I think I'm not, I'm not too in my head about, <laughs> like, if I don't make it, like, it's the end of the world, you know? Because um, I really enjoy just running as a whole. And, like, I think there's beauty in just putting my effort out there and see where it gets me. And I'd love for it to make, for it to get me onto a team, an Olympic team. But if not, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. So speaking of that, you're, you know, we're coming up on that. We're coming up on the Olympic trials. You're running Chicago next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what will that it's look here. like? Yeah, I know. Between Chicago and the trials, though, like, how will you, like, what will your mindset be? Will you take a few weeks off? Like, what will that training look like? Um, I want to say it's like 16 weeks between. Okay. Here and now and then. Um, I, I don't like taking time off, like fully from running. I found that whenever I do that and I start running again, I inevitably get hurt. Ah, uh, uh-huh. So I, 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 I'm not someone who's... <laughs> who feels they can like they benefit much from just like stagnant dirt like for a long time but i i, I mean i'll probably take the following day off that's it <laughs> and i mean, I'll, I'll i'll i won't i won't be like working out probably for a week or two yeah um and when i do it'll probably be just like some like surges in the middle of my runs here and there uh-huh um we do a lot of like fart licks on our team so it's a lot of effort-based things, and it's I, I find that that's more of like whatever my body feels like doing is what it's going to do, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of how we're going to approach like post-Chicago. I mean, it'll be hard to say, assuming like I come out healthy. I haven't really had any issues in the lead-up, so I'm that's good. hoping nothing changes, <laughs> but uh, I, I like thinking about immediate goals a lot okay. more and like okay. kind of like take it a week at a time. Um a better way to live really <laughs> yeah R- richie my coach only updates like one like every week okay so like i don't i don't really know what i'm doing next week just yet i, I can ask him and he'll tell me but it's like nice to have that just like just focus on this week yeah don't worry don't worry about it as long as you get it done you'll be able to do whatever's next yeah that's good um Oh, man. Well, it's exciting, and I can't wait to see what you do in Chicago and at the trials. Me too. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> we have to wrap up with into podcast here. Um, Frank, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, I'd like to make an Olympic team uh, personally and professionally and or – uh, have a better, have a good enough understanding of how the stock market works that I invest mm. in things. If you learn, teach me. <laughs> okay. Same, same, same. Um, what's the best, most recent book you've read? I, do you know who Anthony Porosky is? I don't think so. He is the chef on Queer Eye. Okay. Um, he has. Kind of, Wait, is he like one book. of the main guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have his cookbooks. Okay. And I love cooking things out of it, out of them. Um, he has just a whole dedicated section to like all the things you just keep stored in your pantry and oh. freezer, and like yeah. have 
on hand at all times kind of thing. So you can whip something is, up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not really a novel, but th- that's that's good. <laughs> that's my latest like most obsessive book interest. I like getting a new beautiful cookbook. Um, if you could have coffee to your cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? When I lived in Boulder, I, I live just outside of Boulder now, but in my first year here, uh, there was this man who, out, we were on the second floor and outside he would uh, spend a lot of time doing handstands. Okay. And uh, my roommate and I, we called him Handstand Sam. We didn't know what his name was, um, but... We'd always say, there's, there, there's Can't Stand Sam again. <laughs> it was like his thing. And I never talked to him. And I wish I had because I want to huh. know more about his handstands and why it seems like that's all he does. But that just can't be the case. <laughs> well, do you think he still lives there? You could go back and see. I, I doubt it. I looked at the rent the other day and I was like, that's not feasible for anyone. <laughs> handstand Sam is not doing handstands out there anymore. <laughs> at, least I, at least I'm not living out there and could not afford to. <laughs> Oh, my! well, gosh, that's crazy. It's gone up that much in the last, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's wild. I wonder where he went. I, wherever he is, I'm sure he's doing a handstand. <laughs> he's for sure happily. doing a handstand. Yeah. It'd be crazy if his actual name was Sam, though. I know. It'd be great. I'm just thinking of all that blood rushing to your head. <laughs> um, okay, what is your last message to leave with the audience today? There's a... In the, in the uh, NBC spinoff of the uk office the u.s office yes there's a a, a, nelly is this uh british lady who Uh um at this point of the show she comes in to the office and sees that andy the acting manager is just hasn't been there and (laughs) she goes into the she just takes the manager's office and sits down and like okay i'm the manager now and basically through the course of this episode or part of the show uh everyone just like accepts it and um she goes into one of these interview rooms and she says um and i i I kind of live my i i this is something that i say a lot as well she says anything can happen to anyone it's just random Uh uh-huh so that i i believe that i don't like that though (laughs) (laughs) that makes me scared (laughs) i like (laughs) i really like rolling the dice Lindsay, and seeing what happens and putting myself like, out there. But yeah, you can look at how she says that in two ways. Like something bad could happen, but you can look at it as like anything could happen. I just made this happen. I'm the manager now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, The Office. I spent a lot of hours watching The Office. Me too. Too much. Yeah. Are you still? Are I you should still, do that again. I was say, are you still watching? Because my go-to <laughs> is just going to Seinfeld. I was mm-hmm. say, are you still watching Office reruns? Um, well, I've, I've seen the entirety of it like eight times now uh-huh. Uh-huh. and should watch it again. The thing is, it's like once Michael Scott was gone, I was kind of like, mm, I don't really care about this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very easy to please. So <laughs> it's very hard for me to critique things. I, I like most things that I watch, movies, etc. So it's, I still enjoyed The Office. I, I feel I'm kind of a completionist. So like if I start something, mm-hmm. I really want to like. I don't care what people say about it. If, if they think it's not good, I just, I need to see all of it. I need yeah, to finish this. <laughs> Where does it um, go? <laughs> to me, I'm like, you get rid of Michael Scott, you might as well get rid of George Costanza. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. that's a very, very important character. Um, all right. Well, it's time to wrap. Thanks for being here. 
Of course. I had a very lovely time, Lindsay. And for everyone listening out there, um, hit up this podcast. You're already listening to it. So this is a kind of a redundant statement to say. Aww. But you should watch the next episode as well as this one. Aw, thanks, Frank. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Frank, for coming on the podcast. You all go follow Frank on social media. Let him know that you enjoyed hearing him on the show. He is dance underscore Frank underscore dance on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram. And you can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks so much for being here today. And we will see you next week on I'll Have Another.